New Life family. Amen. Good to see everybody today. Good to be home with family. Excited about what Daddy's going to do with us, his children today. He is faithful. We're serving a wonderful father, amen, that has every intention on you having all that he has. He wants you to have the whole kingdom, amen. I know in our world right now, that's a challenge for some of us to get our arms around, and sometimes the enemy's so good at what he does, he'll convince us that maybe we're not worthy, and we're not, but he's still going to give it to us because he loves us on that level, Amen. He gives us everything because he loves us, not because we're worthy. Amen. But the temptation to try to live up to worthiness is real, isn't it? Feeling like I need to do something to earn some of daddy's attention is real. And, uh, you know, Jesus came in flesh, God in flesh, 2,000 years ago so that we would never have to be alone again. He's a good daddy. His purpose is for us not to be alone. And so today we're going to revisit what it really looks like to be a follower of Jesus Christ. Take another look at what it looks like to be a follower of Jesus Christ. Amen. Have I followed Jesus every day of my life? No, I haven't. Have I missed the mark more times than I can count? Probably. Amen. But it's not about that. It's about the fact that now is the appointed time. Today is the day of salvation. And remember this, he doesn't save us so that we can go to heaven. He saves us so that he can form himself in us. Christ can be formed in us. That's the reason we're saved. We're saved from an old idea of what the enemy tells us we are or who we are versus who God says we are. Amen. And if I lean heavily on the side where I've been a failure and where I see myself as guilty and where I see myself, amen, as apart from God, well, then the enemy wins. But the Lord, amen, has put together a dynamic with his presence involved to give us knowing, ah, relationship, intimacy on the level that we're not guessing. We actually know. And if you don't know today that he gave his all, if you were the only one, that was on earth during his death, he would have done it just for you. And basically, that's what he did. He went to death to buy back Adam. And we all come from Adam. He went all the way and gave it all so that we could step back into true identity in him, Christ being formed in us. Amen? And uh, remember this, without him, we can do nothing. But with him, not some things, but all things are possible. And if you have an imagination that can think, wow, can think of a dynamic of, Man, it would be awesome if I was in that place. God can go beyond that, and he will. As a matter of fact, the half has not been told. And he chose you and I to go there with him. Of all of his creation, God chose you and me as the apple of his eye. Amen. I have a knowing today because of an experience with God in fire, in spirit, and in fire. The only reason I'll come up here on this platform, amen, is because I know he's going to help me. And I'm confident that someone's going to be blessed today, not because of me, but because of him. 
He is into you and I. And just want to take just a little time this morning and just revisit what it looks like to be a follower of Jesus Christ. I'm going to read a few passages in Scripture. Amen. And I'm, I'm, I'm full right now. I can go several different ways. Amen. But uh, I'm confident and comfortable with the fact that when it's all said and done, amen, you're going to know that God's loving on you and I today. In Proverbs 4 and 23 and in the NIV, it says, above all, above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. Guard your heart. Guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. In the, 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 the passion, it says, so above all, guard the affli- affections of your heart because we can have some weird affections, can't we? We can desire some weird things. We can choose to make some bad choices, can't we? Guard the affections of your heart, for they affect all that you are. Pay attention to the welfare of your innermost being, your spirit man. We want it resurrected to life, don't we? For from there flows the wellspring of life. Amen. Out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water, Jesus said. And when he said that, he was speaking of his spirit, amen, that he was about to give. He couldn't give it yet because he hadn't died and paid the debt off. He needed to take care of humanity's debt, amen, and he was the the right lawyer to do it. He was a mediating lawyer that stood between us and certain death, to give us life and that life more abundantly. And so out of our belly can flow the very kingdom of God if we'll let it, but we must choose to do it. We, you know, as, as Joshua said to Israel, amen, when he took over where Moses was, he said, choose you this day whom ye will serve. As for me and my house, We will serve the Lord. My question to you is, did Joshua ever miss the mark? Yes, he did. Did he make some bad decisions after he said that? Yes, he did. Did God quit on him? No, he didn't. Amen. He just made a better man out of him, made a better leader out of him, made a better father out of him, made a better son out of him. I'm talking to somebody here today. You need to make it, take advantage of the past instead of letting it hold you captive. Make a stepping stone out of it and step up, amen, and be who God says you are. You want to be a follower of Christ? Amen. The bad has to be mixed in there, amen, and it's just God didn't put it there. We made choices, and the consequences came, didn't they? The scars happened, the pain came, the shame came, the guilt came. But not for evil, God has a plan, amen, that he can use that and you be more powerful than you can imagine. Now I know him. Now I understand, amen, what pain looks like. Now I understand, amen, how I can encourage someone because I know where they've been. I've been there. Amen. And Jesus was tempted in all points, even as we are, because he wanted to know us. Amen. And so God makes it clear to all of us that it's not good for man or woman, she comes out of man, to be alone. Amen. It's not good for Adam, which includes male, female, to be alone. Amen. So you can be alone and be around people. It's not good to be alone. You can be married and be alone. You can be going through the motions of a covenant relationship and be alone. It's not good for man to be alone because when we're alone, We're in our wilderness. When we're in the wilderness, we deal with the, 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 I call the guy in the mirror all the time. We're having to make decisions, ladies and gentlemen. It's real. 
Amen. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life, that's all that's in the world. That's what the apostle said. He wrote it out clearly. Everything that's in the world, everything. When we talk about the world that we live in, the world, we're talking about the lust of the eye, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. That's the world, and it's a wilderness. And it's attractive to the flesh, the carnality, not the body that I wear that belongs to God, but the carnal flesh, my need to share my opinion, my need for you to know what my preferences are. In other words, let me just be blunt with it. My selfishness, my need to be worshipped. Anybody ever need to be worshipped before? We didn't say it like that, Pastor. But actions do speak louder than words, don't they? And I need you to feel me. I need you to understand I'm emotional right now. Anybody been there before? Now, most of the guys won't do that, but some of them do. My need for you to see me is not cool. It's because I'm alone. But when I'm with him... When I'm with him, I have everything that I need. And all of a sudden, my passion now is for you to see him. <laughs> and somehow, I've got to get you to see him. Is anybody fired up like that? That you just have this passion inside of you that says, I just need everybody to see Jesus right now. Thus, the reason we need to pause for a moment and re look at what following Jesus really is. Amen. The only time that you and I should ever be alone is when we go to the secret place with him and we get alone with him. What do we do when we get alone with him? We stir up the gift that he gives praying in the Spirit so that he can continue to form himself in us and our heart can be changed from a heart of flesh, amen, or of stone to a heart of flesh, amen, that's being used by the king to be king of his kingdom. Now, a lot of that to you met me Christianese too, but I just want you to pause for a minute and consider how many times have you been alone in your life? More times than you can number. How many times have you made bad decisions in your life? More times than you can number. How many consequences have we all endured because of our bad decisions? And yet at the same time, we said we believed in Jesus when we was making a bad choice. We went to church. And we made bad decisions, right? But we were alone. How many of you have been in this building sitting in a pew and you're alone? How many of you today believe in Jesus, you say, but you're alone? And the evidence of that aloneness is so real. It's so obvious. The guilt, the shame, amen, the the, uh, the pain in the body, the broken relationship, all that is saying something loud, and it does not reflect the kingdom of God. You see, the kingdom of God is righteousness, which means innocence, true identity in Christ, peace and joy in the Spirit. That's the kingdom. Amen? Amen? So if the kingdom is not exploding out of me, what's the problem? Right? Let me, let me help you. Let me read this to you. Um, can I know that I'm potentially cheating on God and others? Can I know that I'm cheating on God and others? I read this to my wife. This morning, I think it was this morning, or maybe yesterday morning. We, we've been beating every morning. Luke eleven forty two. Jesus is dressing people he loves. 
But a lot of the people that he loves are wearing religious masks. They're in the ditch with religious spirits dominating them. And he says, you Pharisees are hypocrites, for you are obsessed with peripheral issues. In other words, everything around you, 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 you operate based on what you can see and what you are moving and operating in right now around you, like paying meticulously, meticulously tithes on the smallest herbs and uh, that grow in your gardens. Matter of fact, you I mean if it, you've got some uh, cilantro growing, which they probably didn't there, but uh, they wanted to make sure God got His part. Of course, these matters you should do. You should do that. You anything that you value, you should make sure Jesus is honored with what belongs to Him. But this notice what Jesus says. But when you unjustly cheat others you ignore the most important duty of all, to walk in the love of God. Readjust your values and place first things first. Now, it's important today that I return God his tithe on anything that I value and that I listen to him and give an offering on top of that as he speaks to me. But more important than that is who I am and who I'm called from his lens and what is my duty as a son of God. That's the most important thing that I could focus on. Has there been a time in my life where I returned to God what I, what I put value on, his portion, and then I said I did my duty? Have I ever done that before? Yeah. And I was like, I'm taking a break. Man, I've been working all week long, and uh, I made sure God got his part, so leave me alone. And nobody said that out loud. I didn't say it out loud neither. I kept wearing my religious mask as though I'm all in, but my heart was far from him. Is anybody tracking yet? And in the midst of him not having my heart, but he got his tithe, and he got an offering, and I felt like I've done my duty. There were the lost that he was after. There was people that he had put in my path that I was rubbing shoulders with, and instead of honoring them as unto the Lord, I was cheating them. You know, the Lord wants me to love you as he loved me. He's asking for me to, to, to give you a little bit of what he's given me. And he's given me a lot. I don't deserve to be alive today. But because of the grace of God, I'm standing here before you, not because I'm a good guy, because I'm loved by daddy. And he don't quit. And he's long-suffering, and he's patient, and he's temperate, and he's kind, and he's gentle. Oh, my goodness, wow. And he's put up with me to the point that he's even letting me stand here today to honor him and you. <sighs> I don't deserve that. But it's so humbling to know that he cares enough about me to love me like he did, that he's given me a fire inside to make sure that I get your attention somehow that he's everything, that he's the answer, he's the hope. He's the miracle. He's everything that we need him to be right now in every present moment. And so it's not good for us to be alone. Amen. And so Jesus gives us some steps, some very key steps in order to be successful followers of Jesus. Anybody want to be a successful follower of Jesus Christ? Amen. I just told you, though, that he makes sure he gives you empowerment and experience. He gives you his spirit on the level that causes you to want to follow. Does anybody want to follow Jesus? I don't want to right now, but I want to. I don't care about following Jesus right now, but I want to care. Being honest is huge, man. That's the best way to repent. Just be honest. Lord, I don't know why I want to be a knucklehead instead of 
a son in the spirit. Why do I keep doing stupid when I could hang out with you and see your glory? What's the problem? And there is not anyone without God that can walk with God. To walk with God, it takes God to empower you to walk with him. Without God, you can't even love him. You first have to experience his love in order to return that love back to him. And so we're talking about a supernatural connection between heaven and earth. God chose humanity to be his house. He chose you to be the object of his affection. He chose you to be everything, the apple of his eye. And the only way that he will reveal himself to this world is through you and I who choose to say, help, Lord. Here I am. I can't, I've already found out I can't do nothing with me, but maybe you can. And he's knocking. And so it was a Pharisee that decided something's not right with me. There's something wrong with this guy that I have to deal with every day. And Jesus is walking about and just wonderful things are happening. Things I've always wanted to see, amen, manifested because I knew in God's word, God said he would do it. And so Nicodemus comes to Jesus by night and says, look, it's obvious God is with you. That's a, that's a huge point. It's obvious that God is with you because you cannot do the things that you're doing unless God is with you. Is that, is that an important revelation? So how was it that God came in flesh and manifest. How did he do that? Same way he's going to do it in you. Well, hold it, Pastor. I'm not Jesus. Who told you that? Who told you that? A religious spirit told you that. A lying spirit told you that. You see, God's purpose is that Christ be formed in you. I'm going to be, I'm going to be very blunt today. The enemy is shaking in his pointy-toe boots. Somebody said, I didn't know he wore boots. In my mind's eye, he does. He don't want us to catch this. But the apostle made it very clear when he wrote to the church that Jesus thought it not robbery to be equal with God. And if Christ is being formed in you, What's really happening? Now, Pastor, be careful. I'm, 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 relax. I'm the temple of the Holy Spirit. You're the temple of the Holy Spirit. God is not repenting over his purpose. I don't get up in the morning and say, look, man, I'm God. No. No. I am the temple of the Holy Spirit. God has access to me because I choose to open up and say, Lord, do what you will today. What he gives me is his heart. And his heart inside of you and I, if we let his heart come on the level he wants it to come, amen, anything can happen. Who did it? Jesus did it. The question is, when I went down in that water in the name of Jesus, the name above every name, whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name. There's not another name given among men whereby we must be, ah, oh, Christ be formed in us. Salvation, here we go. And so I started my race with him with some rituals. Yes, Lord, obedience. Water, go down and water it. What do you mean? That's so foolish. But obedience is better than sacrifice. Go give a million dollars to the orphanage and don't get baptized. Which, which one's, which one's going to work? 
Are you going to get the glory or is God going to get the glory? Which one? Make a decision today how you're going to be his follower. And so this Pharisee is saying, how do you do this? And Jesus said, marvel not, Nicodemus. You must be born again in order to see the kingdom. And then Jesus goes on and says, after Nicodemus responds to that, well, how, what I do, I go back in my mother's room so I'll be born again? I don't know what you're talking about. That's all Christianese to me. And Jesus says, marvel not in order for you to enter into the kingdom of God. You must be born of water and of spirit. The wind blows where it wills, and you can hear the sound thereof. That word sound means phone, language. Go check your Greek out. Pentecost, ah, experience. Out of your belly shall flow rivers of living. The wind blows where it wills. You can hear the sound. So is some people that are born again. No, so is everyone who is born of the Spirit. And he's telling the Pharisee, you want to know how I walk in this? Amen. He's talking about the kingdom. And so, all of a sudden, in order to be a true follower, you will see and enter the kingdom as a follower of Christ. Everybody got that? That's point number one. Point number two, the kingdom of God will manifest through us as followers. In other words, amen, the evidence of Christ being in his house is going to show up. This is important for you. Look, being in the name of Jesus is huge. If you gather, two or three gather in my name, I'm there. Whatever you do in my name, amen, I'm going to be in the midst thereof. Anybody want Jesus in the middle of it? So to be in the name of Jesus, let me help you make this simple. I've learned this over, I'm 60 now, I finally, finally got some knowing between me and daddy that helps me. You want, you, want how, you want to know how he helps me with it? When I'm in the name of Jesus, it's not abracadabra. You can pray over your food, and then you can say in the name of Jesus afterwards if you want to. That's, that's not what works. This is good. When I'm in the name of Jesus, God's number one. You're number two, and I'm number three. I'm the steward. When I'm in the name of Jesus. When you're in the name of Jesus, God's number one. I'm number two, and you're the steward. Somebody say, I'll tell you what number two is. Uh, I know a lot of us think about that in our relationships. But hear me, in the name of Jesus means you've got it. You won't cheat nobody no more when you're in the name. When you're in the name of Jesus, you're walking in the spirit of his purpose and will. The kingdom is now forming in you. What's the kingdom? Christ is the kingdom. Christ being the kingdom of God is within you. The potential of the kingdom of God in you is Christ being formed in you. Anything can happen now. You're not going to cheat anybody. You don't go to church no more. You are the church. Amen? You don't just return God a tenth of what you value in this world. No, you give him all of your heart because you love the way you've been loved. When I'm in the name of Jesus, it's because God is present and there's someone else I'm after because that's his heartbeat. Y'all got to catch this. You can't be in his name and not be about his business. Jesus came and said it clearly. Come on, Christ formed in us. He said, I'm about my father's business. 
What was the business of the Father? To redeem Adam. Jesus came only saying what he heard and only doing what he could see his Father doing. He was a reflection. He was a demonstration. He was an example of the Father. And Philip and the rest of the group said, Lord, show us the Father and we'll be satisfied. And Jesus says to Philip, have I been so long with you and you don't know me, Philip? When you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Does anybody want the Father to be on display today in your life? Do you want to be able to walk in? I don't know what's going on in you, but man, whatever you got, I need it. That's the Father. You got the right daddy now. We're taking another look at what it means to be a follower of Christ. And when I'm in the name of Jesus, I'm grouping all the time. I'm just, when I'm walking in the spirit, which you should always be doing. It's like when I get alone, I'm only time I get alone is to go to my secret place in the spirit so that I can stir up the gift praying in the spirit. And when I come out of my closet, I'm still there in the spirit. I'm praying always if I'm hosting him. Pastor, that just sounds weird. That's why we're revisiting what it looks like to be a follower of Christ. Because Jesus didn't stop the Father's business when he left after the cross. He continues to take care of the Father's business today. How does he do it? Through you, if we'll let him. And Jesus grouped and grouped and grouped. He just went from house to house, from city to city, from one group to the next. Why? Because that's a representation of his name. That's who he is. Is that who we are? But, Pastor, you don't understand. I'm busy. I got all kinds of things going on. Now, as soon as I take care of this, I'll take care of daddy's business. It don't work that way. Isn't that right, Bert? Where's Bert at? Wave your hand, Bert. Managing an engineer's office. First thing Bert does when he gets to that engineer's office, it's daddy's business. I'm grouping. I'm about my father's business. And if I stay about my father's business at the office, all this other engineer stuff, it's amazing how it gets done and how efficiently it gets done and how the glory of God is manifested. Isn't that amazing? That God can actually take charge of our lives on that level, that whatever we put our hands to do, it will prosper? Why? Because we're about our Father's business. Ladies and gentlemen, not only does a father, a follower see and enter the kingdom, not only does, number two, that kingdom manifest through the follower, but thirdly, faith becomes a way of life. That's all you do. You walk by faith. You don't do anything else. The only thing that pleases God is faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by what the preacher says. No. Faith comes by hearing what the Spirit says. He or she that hath an ear, let them hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Walking by faith becomes a way of life. We only say what we hear him say. Well, that sounds spooky. You need to go be checked out, Pastor. You're hearing voices. Every one of you do too. Most of the voices we listen to is dark voices. We don't tell nobody that we're hearing them, we're thinking it, we're agreeing with it, and what we do validates who our master is. Choose you this day whom you're going to serve. Everybody that's breathing is serving one of two masters. Amen. We're given worship whether we know it or not, we're worshiping. 
We sometimes think it's the guy in the mirror that we're worshiping, but behind the mask of that guy in the mirror is the lion spirit that's talking all the time. And he don't like people because God likes people. The devil can't stand humanity. And when you don't love humanity and you don't love people, it's because you're not in his name. When you're in his name, amen, he's present and his heart is present. And when his heart is present, people is the passion. The mission of the kingdom is that everybody go baptize and make disciples. That's the mission of the kingdom. I think we'd all run to the altar now. We're just relooking at what a follower does. Now, I have found out that baptisms and discipleship will happen if we will be about the Father's business. I found that to be true. That when we group, it's amazing what God does when we go in his name. What I can't do, he will do. And I get to be there with him while he's doing it because I've decided that I'm going to go and be in his name. Amen? So I want to make sure God is with me. So I found out that to make sure that God's with me, I'm not going to be alone unless I'm in the secret place of my prayer closet. And then when I come out of it, I'm going to find some groups I can be attached to. Because wherever two or three are gathered together, he is where? In their midst. So I want to be around my people. Who's my people? Believers. And those believers are treasure hunting all the time. They're looking for the harvest. They're looking for hungry and thirsty people that want God in their life. And they invite them into the group. And the group grows. Amen? Because everybody's attracted to Jesus. But not only does faith become a way of life, amen, when we decide we're going to be a follower of Christ, amen, but then the fruit of the Spirit begins to multiply. <laughs> not just 30-fold, not just 60-fold, but a 100-fold. The evidence of God's nature and character starts showing up because he's being formed in us. And that fruit, you know the tree by the fruit it bears, right? And then the gifts of the Spirit begin to be put on display. It's just like you don't even know they're operating because you're hosting him on such a level and you've got his heart. All of a sudden, it's after you've, the gifts have operated that you realize, oh, my goodness, God was giving me a word of knowledge. Oh, my goodness, a word, amen of encouragement was flowing out of me, of prophetic utterances. And, oh, man, the gift of healing happened. I didn't even realize what was going on because it's not about us. It's about the fact that we're not cheating nobody, that wherever we go, we go with Jesus. Whatever we do, we do with Jesus. I don't want to cheat nobody. Isn't that what Jesus said? I mean, go to church and return his tithe to him. You think you've accomplished it? No. He said, no, you're going to cheat everybody else if that's all you do. He said, you should go to, you should be the church and you should return his tithe to him. But here's a weightier thing you need to focus on. You need to love as you've been loved. You need to understand the law of love. You need to understand, amen, that it's me being formed in you. I'm on mission. I'm about the Father's business. I need your availability. <sighs> Got a few more minutes. Jesus goes up on the side of a mountain and he sits down. His disciples gather around him. Now keep in mind, it's about discipling, growing. There happens to be a multitude of people there too. You know why there is? Because Jesus sent, just had just sent them out by twos. And they went into different cities, and they come back, and there was people following. Because devils were subject. People were healed. The miracles were happening. The kingdom of God went with them. 
They get back, and Jesus sits on the side of a mountain, and he begins to disciple his, his followers with a multitude out there, and he preaches a sermon. We, we call it the Sermon on the Mount. He opens up with the Beatitudes. Anybody ever read Matthew 5, 6, and 7? He starts his message. If you hadn't, you need to do that. You're a wise person if you do. Because if you get that sermon in your spirit, you get him in your spirit. You'll get his heart in your spirit, and anything can happen. He starts out with revealing his nature and his character. He starts the message revealing what the fruit is that you know the tree by. Wow. And then the rest of the message after he reveals those those beatitudes is him talking about. Why would you criticize when you can be poor in spirit? You can be a peacemaker. You can do this. Why would you worry about what you're going to wear or what you're going to eat when I want to give you everything? Did y'all get that? Anybody worried about anything? That's a signal that you're hearing. A vo- if you're worried about something, you're believing something that came from a voice that you shouldn't have paid attention to. Is that tracking? And you need to ask God to help you with that because he wants to help. If we, ask not, if we don't ask, we won't receive. But the reason we ask is so that we can know him. Amen. And so the rest of the sermon is about him revealing the fruit and how that fallen humanity, fallen Adam, was living life. He's revealing everything to him. He said, you don't have to go down that road. And then he concludes with the altar call. And he says, enter ye at the straight gate. For wide is the gate that leads to destruction and many that go in thereat. Enter at the straight gate. Amen. He's inviting them to come follow him so that he can form himself in them. And he's showing them by way of example how to take care of and tend to the Father's business. That's what followers do. Followers don't go to church, followers are the church. Followers group in the name of Jesus. Amen. That means a follower, their heart is God's heart. Amen. And you're more important than they are. And they are there to steward the kingdom in your life. Wow. You know, when you begin to check out the Beatitudes and you begin to consider how that's how you know if you've entered the gate, the straight gate or not, is measure your life with the Beatitudes. And if there's come some anything that's not where it needs to be, talk to daddy about it. Go to the secret place, stir up the gift. If you haven't been filled with the Spirit, get filled with the Spirit. You have not because you asked not. That's the big one. That's the big one. That's the thing he wants you to get is that gift. That's the gift. That's it. That, that's it. Bottom line, if you don't have that gift, you ain't got nothing. But if you got that gift and you feel alone, you can just enter into your secret place and stir it up, praying in the Spirit. And you won't know what the answer is, but you know it come out of you as you're praying in the Spirit. You don't even know what you were saying. Amen. But all of a sudden, I know that God spoke, and I know it's broken. I know things are about to happen right now. I got peace. I'm talking about what followers do, ladies and gentlemen. And when they come out of their place of prayer in secret, they group. They are about the Father's business. They're about the harvest. They're baptizing and making disciples. Amen? Well, let me give you a few illustrations. Um, In the Old Testament, there's a guy by the name of Jacob. And his name means supplanter, deceiver, manipulator. Anybody ever been down that road? Trying in a dog eat dog world. I gotta make. Gotta, hey man, I gotta work hard. 
I got to make sure I make enough money so I can put in the bank account. We've got what we need, Jacob. <laughs> and so he, he wants the birthright. God, I want to make sure I get all that I deserve. And he's got promoters behind him promoting it. And he's falling for the plans. And they're all bad plans. But God's okay with it. Make a choice. Choose. And Jacob chose. But Jacob's on his way back home because he ran. he's running from Esau. Esau was going to catch up with him. It wasn't going to be a good fight. And so he's on his way back home where he knows he's supposed to be. And the guilt and the shame and the regret over how he left home and how messed up that was and that wasn't right had got more than he could handle. And he felt alone. But he went to Penel, and he said, Daddy, you're going to have to help. Now, it's obvious you've been with me because this is all going on in my life right now, but I'm facing a mountain I don't know what to do with. And after God and Jacob met, God gave him a name change. Anybody want a name change? Come on, that's why you want to be in the name of Jesus, ladies and gentlemen. And something happened to Jacob. He got a name change. And this time when Esau saw Jacob, he didn't see Jacob. He saw someone he didn't know. He saw something way more attractive than the brother that left home years ago. I don't know what you got, Jacob. But I like what I see. There's a world out there that God's placed you in that's just waiting on us to get real with Daddy. I'm going to tell you something I don't want to tell you, but I... Ooh, it's flowing in me right now. My dad had a dad. That was what they called back in the old days the cock of the walk in town that's not cool that's not a bad that's not a good but in that day they thought that was okay he's got that title because nobody messes with him and he's wanting his son to be able to live up to that dynamic and he's forcing ideas and principles that are not healthy because he wasn't a believing man and so my dad is dealing with his dad giving him Instructions that are not good. And my grandpa, hello, was he meant business. And dad got into a, a scuffle at school. He doesn't want to, but he did. And 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 Papa Lowe wanted to know, well, tell me about it. And it didn't meet his expectations. And he takes my dad to the house, knocks on the door, and tells the parents. Want your boy out here in the front yard. They got a fight to finish. And the parents, he had the title. Okay. And he leaned against the car and watched daddy and that boy manifest the kingdom of hell. Wasn't building a relationship between those kids and those, those families. Wasn't the kingdom of God. But that's the way he believed it. And my dad carried that over a little bit Jesus was delivering him but he, all, he made a statement to me one day he said son if I ever hear about you running from a fight you're going to have to fight me when you get home well I won't fight daddy who knucklehead won't do that and sure enough circumstances which God allowed to happen put me in a situation where I, 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 I couldn't help it. I was on the bus. The bus driver, their son, 17 and I'm 12. And, uh, and the 17-year-old can't believe I'm not backing down. And he says, why don't you back down? Because he's, he's just that, that spirit of being a bully. I said, because I got to fight my daddy when I get home if I back down. And you ain't as big as my daddy. And he stopped when he heard that. He said, dude, 
man, okay. Well, Dad heard about it from my brother because I didn't say that. And the next day, my dad walks on the school bus and made sure the bus driver understood, I won't ever have that problem with your son again because if you can't handle it, I can. And that bus driver said, yes, sir, not a problem. Won't have that problem again. And he's being taught, he's carrying principles over from the Adamic nature that are not healthy. Well, I just heard recently that one of my kids at school stood up for someone that was being picked on. I didn't know this had been years ago. I didn't know it till just now. And they stood up for someone that was being picked on. And the bully said, after school, I'm going to take care of you. And my child said, okay. But when it's time for that to come, at that moment, he chose the Lord's way. And bent down on his knees and put his hands over his head. And took the licks for Jesus. I didn't know that. I didn't know that just recently. And if I'd have known it back then, I'd have been in a bad, bad condition because I wasn't healthy enough spiritually to handle it. But when I heard it this time, my spirit went, wow. Wow. Blessed are. Blessed are. It's not you're in my duties to save the world. It's not our duty to turn the other cheek necessarily. But if we do, Guess who we're taking the blow for? Daddy. Think about that for a minute. With him, you can do all things. Without him, you got to put your chest out. And you got to prove your point. And that you have significance. When God's been saying, you've had significance ever since I put you together. If you really want to know me, Know me in the fellowship of my suffering. Did you know Jesus could have wiped the whole earth out when he was being picked on? When they beat him, he could have annihilated them. Why did he take those stripes? Why did he take those, the, 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 all that beating? He did it for me and you to pay the debt off. And the enemy wants us to stay in debt. He wants us to stay ashamed. He wants us to stay guilty. Am I telling you to beat, beat up for Christ? No, I'm asking you to listen to what Daddy's asking from you. What we're doing today is we're revisiting what it looks like to be a follower of Christ. To take up our own cross and follow him. And when I heard that story inside, wow. One of my children is better than I am. One of my children is more like Jesus than I. It's amazing when we become like children how the kingdom is manifested. And so the Lord wants me to ask everybody here today, do you need a new heart? Because he knows how to give new hearts out. And he can do it right here in the moment. I know my heart has lots of voices that likes to talk. And every day I deal with that carnal side of me that needs to stay in the grave. All my opinions, all my preferences didn't come out of heaven. All my opinions and all my preferences sound good, but it's not God. I need God in my life. And I've decided that I'm going to be in the name. Thank you, Father. You're more important than I am. How do I know that? The writer of the epistle said, when you become more concerned about the needs of others than yourself, this is the mind of Christ. And then it goes on and says, and Jesus thought it not robbery 
to be equal with God. God needs a vessel to reveal God. God needs a choice for you and I to say, can I show up and show out? Will you let me have my house? Well, my heart's not ready, Lord. As soon as I figure you out and really what you're doing, I'll let you in. You're never going to do that. He's going to have to give you a new heart with an experience. And every one of us, when we hear God speaking, and some of you are hearing God speak right now. The reason you can hear is because you're in the secret place. And anything can happen there. Right where you're sitting, you can be filled with the gift. Your world can shift 360 right now or 180, whichever one you prefer. But do both of them, huh? Do you need a heart change today? He's given new hearts out. And he's given you and me his heart. <sighs> Man, that's what the Lord gave me this week. That's what he's talking to me about. <sighs> and it's heavy in my spirit. And it's hard to talk about. Because his presence is so strong right now. Can we stand? Woo! I want to be in the name of Jesus. And for you that are not in the name of Jesus, you can start your race just like they did in Acts chapter 2. Repent. I'm not done good, Lord. Here I am. I'm messed up. Man. I don't know what you're going to do with this. Repent. Get honest. There's water over here. You can go down in that water and do what Jesus did, be baptized. You can be born of water and of spirit. Father, thank you for the way you can transform us. We can't figure it out. We can't go to church enough and figure it out. But right here in this present moment, your presence makes all the difference. And you can move from one generation of time to another in a moment. Lord, you know where all your sons and daughters are right now. Every one of us in this room need more of you. And so we all come together saying, Lord, here we are. Take, take me, change me, cleanse me, fill me. I don't want to be the same when I leave. I don't want to waste another day. I want today to mark my life in a kingdom of God supernatural way. Come to your house suddenly, Lord. I need you, Jesus. If you would come up here, I'll pray with you. I'll agree with you. I promise you every step you make, you're moving heaven and angels are on assignment ready to glorify the name of the one they serve. God's already given them assignments on your behalf just waiting on us to let God come to his house. Be filled with the Spirit. Receive the Holy Spirit. Don't allow yourself to go any other place in this world but in the name of Jesus. Everything you do, you do it in his name, with his heart, with his passion. Don't you cheat another person. Amen. And you're in their presence. Let God come to you in such a way that you give them Jesus every time. Every time. Receive it right now. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you, Father.